Since mankind has called this planet home, the ocean has always held a mysterious allure, captivating the human imagination with its vastness and unknown depths. Many secrets lie hidden beneath its surface, tempting explorers and adventurers to uncover its mysteries. From tales of legendary sea monsters to unexplained disappearances, the ocean continues to fascinate and frighten us. It has been upon the stage of the open ocean that humanity has played out some of its most impressive feats and notorious failures. It is where the most fearsome monsters of the human imagination have tested the strength and skill of our bravest heroes. It has been the stage upon which adventurers, pirates, pioneers, romantics, and wanderers have sought meaning, treasure, fame, and glory. Here on the sea, humanity has tested the fates time and time again. Our legendary hubris sometimes leading us to our demise. Our arrogance fooling us into thinking we can conquer the indomitable ocean. Its waves whisper enticing secrets, and its currents tug at our curiosity. But despite technological advances, and no matter how smart or strong we think we are, the ocean remains unconquerable. To many, it has been a source of hope for new horizons, new opportunities, and new discoveries. The ocean is abundant and giving to us, but has also been a source of immense loss, loneliness, and tragedy. To poets, artists, and romantics, it is the ultimate muse. Her moods ever changing, her depths unknowable and her beauty indescribable. In a world where so many things have already been discovered, the ocean remains a mysterious and untamed wilderness. One of the greatest mysteries of the ocean is its ability to swallow whole ships, leaving no trace behind. Ghost ships, like the legendary Flying Dutchman or the Mary Celeste, evoke a sense of both wonder and fear. These abandoned vessels drifting aimlessly seem frozen in time, holding the stories of their lost crew members. The ocean demands our respect, and she is perhaps unkind and unforgiving to those who think they can do with her as they please. At the same time, she lures us in, teasing us with possibilities and begging us to unravel her mysteries. Well, dear people, welcome back to Paranormal Community College. My name is Riley, and today we are talking about ghost ships and other creepy tales from the deep blue sea. Also, my apologies for taking a week off. I needed to take some time to get ahead on some research and writing, and I'm working on some other future things for the podcast that I'm really excited about. Stay tuned for lots of merch, more YouTube videos, hopefully a semi-frequent co-host, field trips, so stay tuned for what that means, and much more. I also want to start a little side project where I will be talking about the history of UFO disclosure or UFO confirmation in the United States. I figured with the recent hearings, I kind of want to establish a timeline of events that led up to this moment, and that is ultimately leading to what may potentially be called UFO confirmation or some kind of UFO disclosure. That may take me some time, though. It may take me a few weeks, if not a couple months, so stay tuned for that. But with the recent Ocean Gate disaster and killer whale attacks, I thought it might be time to be reminded about the ocean's power and mystery. And while some of these tales may be a bit frightening, rest assured that I am an avid ocean lover and I do not want to scare you from getting into the ocean. I've been scuba certified for over 10 years now and I believe everyone should be able to enjoy the underwater world. To me, it's the most beautiful and impressive thing about planet Earth and I want to safely see as much of it as I can. But I think we can all agree there's some aspects of the ocean that are better off left alone. 
So let's dive into some deep ocean mysteries, shall we? So first, here are some creepy fun facts about the ocean. Number one, despite the ocean covering over 70% of our planet, less than 10% of it has been mapped with modern sonar technology. According to the National Ocean and Atmospheric Administration, or NOAA, less than 10% has been explored or observed. And that always baffles me. Exploring the ocean is truly like exploring another planet. Number two, located in the Western Pacific, the Marianas Trench represents the deepest part of the ocean with a depth of seven miles or over 11 kilometers. To give you some perspective, Mount Everest is about five and a half miles high or nine kilometers. The Titanic, which was the desired destination of the Ocean Gate submersible, lies nearly two and a half miles beneath the ocean or almost four kilometers. Manned submarines can only reach up to 4,000 feet. And I don't know about you guys, but personally, I would feel much safer going into outer space than I would going to the deepest parts of the ocean. As a diver, I don't even like going below 60 feet, to be honest. It's dark, there's not as many fish, and it's much more dangerous after you reach that point. Number three, speaking of the Marianas Trench, only three people have been to the bottom of the ocean, meaning more people have walked on the moon than have been to the bottom of our own ocean. Navy Lieutenant Don Walsh and explorer Jacques Picard did so in 1960 and James Cameron did so in 2012. Cameron described it as a flat, desolate landscape without any light or warmth. Looking out a small window, he said, quote, it was completely featureless and uniform. My feeling was one of complete isolation from humanity. More than anything, it's realizing how tiny you are in this big, vast, black unknown and unexplored place. The only sign of life he saw down there were small, shrimp-like arthropods. The journey took seven hours, and Cameron recalled how unsettling it was to know that should his submersible fail, he would join the millions of other lost souls claimed by the sea. But that deep, he may have been the only one down there. Number four, it's estimated that as many as three million shipwrecks lie somewhere on the ocean floor. Three million vessels that once held now priceless riches, artifacts, stories of adventure and exploration, lost now somewhere in the inky blackness of the sea. Number five, most of the ocean consists of complete and unimaginable darkness. There is what is called the ocean twilight zone, a layer of water that stretches between 650 to 3300 feet below the surface. And despite receiving hardly any sunlight, this twilight zone is teeming with life and bioluminescent creatures. In this twilight zone, millions of organisms thrive some of which are microscopic and others representing some of the largest organisms on the planet. And that is one of the most terrifying things about the deep dark ocean to me, that there could be literal monsters living down there. Number six, the ocean is the world's largest graveyard. If there's 3 million shipwrecks down there and not all of those ships were unmanned certainly, there's a bunch of human bones down there somewhere. Think of all the wars throughout human history, all the bodies dumped. And not just human bones, the bones and fossils of innumerable ancient species that call the ocean home. Number seven, colossal squid exist. And that one goes without really explanation because colossal squid are terrifying. They can reach up to 46 feet in length. And with the kraken being described as about 60 feet in length in old legends, it's not impossible that the sailors of old did encounter even larger squid. If you ask me, it's not unlikely that there are 60-foot squid and other progeny of Cthulhu down there somewhere. Lastly, number eight, despite all these dangers, millions of people around the world flock to explore its depths. 
as scuba divers, as surfers, as sailors, and some are even crazy enough to brave the depths in submersibles operated by an off-brand Xbox controller. But since human beings began to explore the planet, we've been drawn to the glittering surface and murky depths of the ocean. We've relied on it for food, sustenance, trade, and travel. It's inspired curiosity and fear. The ancient Greeks told stories of Scylla and Charybdis, immortal monsters who claimed the lives of six of Odysseus's men in Homer's timeless epic. We have the giant nine-headed sea serpent Hydra, who was slain by the great hero Heracles. From the Greeks to the Vikings to the Caribbean, seafaring civilizations told stories of such monsters. Perhaps the most ubiquitous mythological being, however, is the siren. Embodying the seductive nature of the sea, these half-women, half-fish creatures would lure men to their deaths with beautiful songs. They exist in almost every culture around the world. And I had someone on TikTok ask me if I was going to talk about mermaids on this episode, and I, I will towards the end. But that being said, a lot of the videos, just letting you guys know who are younger, a lot of the videos on TikTok and probably on YouTube too um, of so-called mermaids, they're coming from a documentary, in quotations documentary, that was that aired on um, Discovery Channel like years and years and years ago. I think I was still in high school. And it's, it's like a fake documentary, like obviously fake. So... If there's any way you can go back and watch that on Discovery Channel, you'll see that a lot of those videos come from that and um, not actual real footage. So just saying, I'm not saying mermaids aren't real, but just so you know. But if you're like me and you romanticize the dirty, dingy, dishonorable, swashbuckling world of old pirates, it is from them where we get many of our fantastic tales from the ocean. We have stories of mermaids and stories of the Kraken, a gigantic octopus who could destroy ships with their gargantuan tentacles. Pirates weren't without imagination either, which is also why I love them so much. And from them, we also have the tale of the Flying Dutchman, the ill-fated ghost ship complete with ghostly crew. But what if I told you the Flying Dutchman is based on a real ship? The Flying Dutchman haunted and tantalized the imaginations of pirates and seafarers for centuries. It served as a mascot of the lost and forgotten soul swallowed by the sea. It was a harbinger of impending doom, a bad omen, a warning against arrogance and hubris, a reminder that the sea has little tolerance for recklessness. The Flying Dutchman was employed by the Dutch East India Company sometime in the 17th century, and its legend has a few different variations. Knowing that stormy, treacherous seas lie ahead of them, it is said that the crew of the Flying Dutchman wanted to turn around but Captain van der Decken insisted they carry on, even if it meant doomsday. Legend has it that the spirits of the sea ensouled the captain to his ill-fated ship for eternity. For his arrogance, he was forever condemned to wander the seas in his lonesome schooner. But these spirits of the sea were not without pity. Every seven years, the captain would be allowed to return to land. If he should find the love of a faithful and pure woman, his curse would be broken. Some say it was the captain's own guilt that bound his soul to the ship, creating a watery, lonesome hell for himself for all eternity. Another legend says that a different captain sold his soul to the devil in order to get to Java in record time. Having succeeded in reaching Java in just three months' time, the captain grew determined to make it home in record time as well. But his ship, along with all its crew, was lost. The ship and all of her crew were cursed to sail on the Flying Dutchman forever, warning others of their terrible fate. In one last version, the crew mutinied, but the captain killed the rebel leader 
and cursed his crewmen to work on his ship forever. For about 300 years, people claimed to see the sailing specter. George V of Wales, future King of England, claimed he saw the ship off the coast of Australia in 1881, and he watched as the apparition of a man jumped from the ghostly green mass to his death. Several sightings occurred around the Cape of Good Hope in South Africa, a particularly dangerous patch of water in the Atlantic that had been the bane of every sailor's existence for centuries. The Flying Dutchman could be seen at full mass in rough or calm seas as it emerged from a mysterious green fog. Its appearance was also often described as emanating an eerie green glow. In 1835, men aboard a British vessel said they almost collided with this ship. It appeared from the mist as if out of nowhere, and as they braced for imminent impact, the schooner vanished and the skies were clear again. I think the Flying Dutchman can rightfully be called the mother of all ghost ships. However, I found one that may just be older than the infamous Dutchman. So when I started researching for this episode, I desperately wanted to find some ancient account of a ghost ship, or I wanted to find an ancient ghost ship that was seen back in the day or is still seen today. I searched and searched, mostly trying to find something from ancient Greece since they were such a strong naval power, but I had no luck. However, before I started writing this episode, I was like, I'm going to search one last time because I just know there's got to be one out there. And for some reason, I, I kept being hung up on Greece because I was thinking that they were such you know, seafaring explorers. There had to be some type of ghost ship story, but I couldn't find anything. And then I was like, wait a minute, what am I doing? I'm forgetting about one of the coolest, most badass seafaring cultures to ever exist, the Vikings. So I type in Viking ghost ship on a whim and truly I kind of knew there was going to be something and there was. It's not coming from Scandinavia, but from Newfoundland. So if your school teachers failed you, then you might not know that the Vikings reached the New World over 400 years before Columbus ever did. And honestly, Columbus could have learned a thing or, a thing or two about 11th century Viking shipbuilding and navigation, but that's another story for another time. So this story is coming from a place called Jellyfish Cove, and it's unclear when this ghost ship story started being told, but it only seems to appear late at night every 30 years on August 15th. One August 15th, a man had fished late into the evening and was gutting his fish when he heard splashing noises coming from the sea. Confused, since he didn't think a boat would be out this late, he looked up and saw a ship he had never seen before. It looked like one long vessel with a single striped mast, and as he looked at the strange boat, he heard the sound of a horn blowing. Months after the event, he came across a book about the Viking history in the area and recognized a Viking longship as the one he had seen. 30 years later, again on August 15th, a couple of teenage boys had snuck a bottle of whiskey from their parents' cabinet, and they were hiding in a shed by the water as they drank it. They were startled when they heard the sound of what sounded like oars quickly hitting the water. They thought they had been caught, but as they peered out the shed's window, they saw the longship with the single mast. When they heard the sound of the horn, they got spooked and abandoned the bottle of whiskey and ran home. But every 30 years on August 15th, someone would see the ship. But it, what's different about the ghost ship of Jellyfish Cove is that it brings good luck. It's not seen as a bad omen at all. It brings fishermen good luck and large catches. One fisherman claimed that late at night, one August 15th, he decided to stay out later than the others. Everyone had a bountiful day of fishing, but this man decided he'd stay out a little longer. All of a sudden, the tide began to stir. And as it did, the fisherman noticed that his motor wouldn't work, even though the fuel was fine. He heard the lapping of water in what sounded like a large rowboat heading his way. And from the mist, 
he saw the Viking ghost ship and heard the familiar horn he had heard about so many times before. After a few moments passed and the ship had disappeared, the weather cleared and his boat began working as normal. He returned home with a large catch and a smile on his face. The story of the Viking ghost ship of Jellyfish Cove is the only story I could find of a super old ghost ship, but if you know of any more, please let me know. Okay, so for the next ghost ship stories, I'm going to try and go in chronological order as much as I can. But first, let's differentiate between the two types of ghost ships. First, we have the classic Flying Dutchman type of tale, where people claim to see a ship appear and disappear as if into thin air. Sometimes they are described as having a greenish hue, or they are described as appearing and disappearing in a mysterious fog or mist. Other times they may be seen on fire, or with a ghostly crew running around the deck trying to save the sinking ship. But whenever others try to rescue the ship, it vanishes right before their eyes. Then there's the ghost ship where a vessel is found abandoned without crew or passengers, usually under mysterious circumstances. Sometimes a table is still set with a meal as if the passengers left by surprise. Sometimes there are signs of foul play or some type of natural disaster or tragic accident. Other times it can't be explained away so easily. While the latter type of ghost ship may not be paranormal, there is still something so unsettling about finding an abandoned ship drifting aimlessly in the vast blue sea, not knowing what you might find once you board the ship. Never knowing what happened to its crew, could someone be watching you as you're boarding the abandoned ship in hopes of a rescue? If you open the cabin door, is there going to be a dead body in there? It's perhaps more unsettling than seeing an apparition of some old ship. I'm going to talk about both, but the disappearances that occur in the Bermuda Triangle will be the topic of episode 14, which is coming out on Tuesday. So let's take a look at some more of these ghost ship tales. One of the earlier accounts I could find occurred in the New Haven colony in 1647. A year earlier in 1646, colonists began construction on what was to be called the Great Ship, a large merchant vessel that could sail to the West Indies, therefore greatly boosting the colony's economy. Now, if you know anything about colonial history, many of the colonists didn't know how to do shit when it came to building a colony. Wealthy merchants weren't familiar with things like farming and irrigation, and they weren't very familiar with shipbuilding e either. When construction was finally complete, the colonists eagerly tried to get it out of the harbor during a violent snowstorm, instead of maybe waiting for the weather to clear. So with the crew on deck and the townspeople watching on shore, it was clear the great ship was doomed from the start. The weather continued to toss and turn for the worse, thrashing the ship about. From the shore, the colonists watched as the vessel bobbed and weaved in and out of their view, being thrown about by waves and flurries. A reverend by the name of Davenport is reported to have prayed to God, if it be thy will to bury the ship at sea, then so be it. But please spare these men. Helplessly, those on land watched as the ship disappeared from view entirely. They had little hope that the ship had reached calmer seas. They knew it was likely solemnly resting at the bottom of the ocean, complete with its unfortunate crew. But a year and a half later, during a violent thunderstorm, the colonists swore they saw the phantom ship floating over the water. It looked exactly like the great ship they had seen disappear many months beforehand. Could it be the ship had miraculously returned? That wasn't likely the case because it simply hovered over the water amid the dark and stormy clouds until it disappeared from sight entirely. Was it a warning from God? Do not desire worldly possessions. Do not send men to their death for the hope of far-off riches. Whatever the case may be, 
The New England port would not be successful for several more decades, and the Phantom ship was never seen again. But that wasn't the only ship to make an appearance in the New England area. In 1738, the Princess Augusta set sail from Amsterdam carrying 240 Dutch and German immigrants. They were headed to the New World, Virginia and Pennsylvania to be exact. However, the vessel encountered stormy seas that blew the ship northward. In late December of that year, the ship was run aground near Block Island at Sandy Point, Rhode Island, an area known to be rocky and hazardous to ships. And like many of these old accounts, what happens next varies from story to story. What we do know is that the captain had died from water contamination on the voyage, as did several others. The first mate was left in charge, and in one version of events, the first mate abandoned the passengers, and he and his remaining crew members used the lifeboats to get to Block Island. However, when the residents of Block Island heard screams from the ship, they realized passengers remained on the doomed vessel, and they rescued the immigrants, providing them with food, shelter, and they even assisted them with relocating to other parts of New England. However, a passenger by the name of Mary Vanderleen refused to depart with her possessions or leave the ship, and she was left to sink with it. In another version of events, the Block Islanders purposely lured the Princess Augusta toward the rocky point with lights. They did this for the sole purpose of wrecking their ship, murdering its occupants, and robbing them. Of course, the Block Islanders took much offense to this account, and it doesn't seem to be the most likely case. In the years following, however, residents claimed they could see a fiery vessel appear between Christmas and New Year's Eve. Some residents even claimed to hear screams from the woman who perished with the ship. The phenomenon came to be known as the Palatine Light, and some residents today still claim you can see it. Sometimes it is relatively small and faint. Other times it looks like a large, fiery ship. Accounts of another sailing specter with its mast set aflame first circulated in the late 18th century in Northumberland Strait. The Northumberland Strait is located along the banks of Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and Prince Edward Island, and its frigid waters represented relatively new territory to explorers, immigrants, and merchants. While the origin of this phantom ship is unknown, it is postulated that it may be an old pirate ship run down by the British Navy in 1786. Others suggest that it could be the ghost of a ship that sank during a rain squall that same year. It is described as a beautiful schooner of impressive size. It has been described as bright, white, and golden, but with masts that are in flames. Witnesses claim to hear cannon fire and watch in disbelief as balls of fire fly through the air. And as a ghostly crew runs to and fro along the deck, in 1900, sailors in a small rowboat made an attempt to rescue some of the crewmates of this fiery ship. But as they approached, the ship vanished into the mist. A search and rescue team was deployed, but they turned up no lost ship, no stranded crewmates, and no wreckage. Years later, another rescue attempt was made after the sighting. Witnesses claimed, "quote." As it came nearer, it seemed to lose speed, and as it came opposite our house, it stopped still. We got up on the banks to watch. There was no sign of anyone on board, and no dory on tow. I can't remember how long it was, but I think about ten minutes after she stopped, I seen smoke rising very slow all over the deck. Then it was only a few minutes. I seen men that seemed to come up from below, and they were running around the deck in every way. Then, as they were running around, I seen a low flame all over the deck. When the flame started, the men climbed up the mast of the vessel. When they was about halfway up the mast, the sails caught. All the sails seemed to catch at the same time. I could not see the men any more as the flames hid my view. We watched it until the flames died and everything crumbled to the deck. 
There was nothing left but the hole on the water, and gradually it seemed to sink lower and finally disappeared. Again in the late 1960s, a man driving along a coastal road near Cape John, Nova Scotia, said, quote, It was like a vessel outlined with a fiery glow. I wouldn't say it was actually flames I saw, but the whole vessel was a glow and it was moving fast, unquote. The ship was seen for as long as two hours by dozens of people driving along the road. In 1973, near Murray Harbor, just after midnight, one man with binoculars who was scoping out good hunting spots said he saw a three-mast schooner with its sails on fire and people running around the deck and jumping overboard. He said he was about to head home to call the Coast Guard, but the ship disappeared right before his very eyes. Around the same time, a woman doing housework was startled as she looked out her kitchen window. She saw a ship on fire sailing down the strait. With the telephone right by her kitchen window, she phoned her neighbors, and they also looked outside and saw the same strange apparition. The ship was reported by residents along the strait in the two days that followed. In 1988, a commercial vessel saw the same infamous ship with its three masts set ablaze in the distance, but nothing appeared on radar. The most recent sighting of the ship, as far as I could find, was in 2008 by a man named Mathieu Guiguerre in mid-January. He claimed the ship looked brand new, with white and gold paint, but just faded into the January fog. It's rather sad and tragic to think that some phantom ship may still be out there, reliving its last moments of tragedy. While these stories are of the ghostly variety, perhaps these next couple tales are even more frightening. In the age of discovery, men risk life and limb to be the first to reach the Earth's most distant, unexplored lands. It was a time of firsts, and many sought the glory, the immortal legacy that came with being founders. They wanted islands and straits and mountains named after them. And this quest to find the undiscoverable led many to the North and South Poles. In 1762, the Octavius disappeared somewhere in northern Alaska. They were on their way home from Asia and sought their way home through the then-fabled Northwest Passage, where icy waters connect the Pacific to the Atlantic. At this time, it was yet undiscovered, but believed to exist. The crew of the Octavius, or its ambitious captain, thought this shortcut would get them home faster and they would be the first to make this important passage. The good news was, they did make it through the passage, in a way, The vessel was found covered in ice in 1775 in Greenland by a ship called the Herald. When the crew members of the Herald cautiously stepped on board, they made an eerie discovery. The 28-man crew of the Octavius was found below deck, huddled in blankets, frozen solid. The captain was found frozen at his desk, pen still in hand, with the frozen corpses of his wife and child at his side snuggled up together in blankets. The last entry of his captain's log was dated November 22, 1762. News of the astonishing tale spread far and wide, and many question its validity. Surely it is such an amazing discovery that it has to be embellished. It is too eerie to think that the captain could have been penning his final words when he was abruptly frozen solid. But decades later, a similar story emerged on the opposite end of the world. In 1823, a ship named Jenny set sail towards Antarctica, never to be seen again. It wasn't until 1840 when their vessel was discovered floating aimlessly in Drake's Passage. When the crew of a whaling ship arrived on deck, they found the same grisly scene discovered upon the Octavius. The crew was frozen solid below deck, and the captain was found in his quarters frozen solid, pen in hand. According to the crew of the whaling vessel, They felt so unsettled by their discovery that they left the men there with their ship, 
destined to float through the icy Antarctic waters indefinitely. Other legends say the crew took the corpses off the frozen ship and buried them somewhere in the ice. Are these stories fact or fiction, or a little bit of both? But there is perhaps no ghost ship more famous, more infamous, aside from the Flying Dutchman, than the Mary Celeste. In 1872, this 282-ton, two-mast ship set sail for Genoa, Italy from New York Harbor. It carried 1,700 barrels of alcohol and was manned by a 10-person crew. Captain Benjamin Spooner Briggs' wife and daughter were also on board. Mishaps plagued the ship from the very beginning, so much so that the name was changed from the Amazon to Mary Celeste in a superstitious move to hopefully change its fate. A British ship followed the same course shortly after the Mary Celeste, but they didn't run into the abandoned ship until months later. They found her off the coast of the Azores, a chain of islands off the coast of Portugal. The vessel appeared to be in relatively good condition, but had no captain or crew and no passengers. The lifeboats were also missing. When they started searching the ship, they found they had six months' worth of food, plenty of water, the personal belongings of those on board were still intact, the barrels of alcohol remained untouched. There was a small amount of water in the hole, but the experienced Captain Briggs should have known that that wouldn't have been any cause for much alarm. The occupants of the Mary Celeste were never found, so what caused the crew and passengers to abandon ship? Of course, one theory is that they were captured by pirates, or worse. But pirates surely wouldn't leave such valuable cargo just sitting there. They probably wouldn't have even left the ship. The fact that the lifeboats were gone suggests that they abruptly abandoned the vessel, but why? A likely suggestion is that the alcohol stored below was producing dangerous fumes that alarmed the captain. Thinking an explosion was imminent, he led those aboard to the lifeboats with no time to grab their belongings. Their fate still remains a mystery, although we can unfortunately assume their bodies likely remain somewhere in the ocean. But the nature of their disappearance and the unsettling discovery has led to other fanciful theories. Perhaps it was the almighty Kraken of old who snatched up the crew with her colossal tentacles. In other words, conspiracy theorists have always existed, but even wilder theories surround the Orang Medan. In the late 1940s, a nearby ship off the coast of Malaysia called the Silver Star received a distress call from the Orang Medan. The message said, quote, We float. All officers, including the captain, dead in chart room and on the bridge. Probably whole of crew dead. I die. By the time the Silver Star arrived, however, they found a scene as grotesque as it was mysterious. All of the crew were dead, mouths agape, looking up at the sky as if they died mid-scream. Even the captain's dog appeared to have died mid-snarl. But there appeared to be no signs of physical injury. What could have caused a death such as this? And what of that strange message? The Silver Star attempted to tow the Orang Medan back to land, but they noticed smoke coming up from the ship. They ditched the vessel and from a safe distance, they watched as the mysterious ship exploded and sunk into the tropical water. A man by the name of Jerry Rabbit came out years later saying he had been a part of the Orang Medan's crew. However, he quickly realized he was a part of a smuggling operation he was not down for. He noticed a suspicious chemical odor, and upon further investigation, he found barrels of what he believed to be potassium cyanide, nitroglycerin, and other chemicals. Jerry and a couple other crewmates started to notice something else, too. People on the ship were getting sick, rapidly. 
Worried the illness was being caused by the dangerous chemicals, Jerry and a couple others snuck out with a lifeboat. Now, no one has ever been able to officially confirm this as it's unclear if the Orang Medan ever officially existed. However, it does seem possible. Accidental poisoning could explain the anguished look on the sailors' faces, and this could explain the explosion as well. But you know that theory isn't good enough for the internet. This next theory is for those of you of the Fox Mulder variety. Ever hear of water aliens? Well, some people think the fact that the crew died with their faces turned toward the sky with no injury is a clue that what transpired was not entirely of this world. While that may seem unlikely, I'd like to shift from ghost ship stories to other strange stories I found on the interwebs. And yes, some of them may involve water aliens. Now, some of these stories are freakier than others. Some are straight up bizarre and sound too crazy to be real. So take what I am telling you with a grain of salt. But either way, they are fun stories that kind of give you the heebie-jeebie. So here we go. Oil rig workers Rashan and Arjuna were working on an underwater ONGC oil rig in the northern Indian Ocean. They were accustomed to deep sea dives and seeing various types of ocean critters. But one day, they saw something extremely bizarre. At first, it looked like it could have been a very large shark in the murky distance. However, as it came into closer view, it certainly couldn't be a shark. For one, it was far too large, much larger than any known shark known to patrol these waters. But even weirder, it was hairy. It looked like it had sort of like otter fur around its body. And unlike a shark, its fins looked more like paws or maybe like claws. It was unclear, but they didn't move like shark or dolphin or whale fins. They seemed to be used at, in a way that an underwater reptile, or like I said, maybe even an otter would maneuver its front arms. Once the creature noticed the two men, it began to swim closer. Perhaps it was curious. Thankfully though, whatever this strange creature was, it didn't seem to think the two men were edible or interesting enough to require further investigation, and it turned back never to be seen again. The two men had no explanation for what they had seen. The strangest thing being its hairy body and odd anatomy. They have not seen the creature since, and as far as we know, neither has anyone else. But it's probably just a gigantic otter swimming around, no big deal, they, they seem like friendly guys. At least I hope so, because a giant evil monster otter sounds really terrifying. So here's a spooky story from Reddit. This person says, decades ago, I took a midnight swim in the Atlantic Ocean. I had gotten out pretty far, so I decided to turn around and look at the shore from where I was. All of a sudden, next to me in the water, there was a man. He said something like, you're out a bit far, don't you think? I responded that he was right, and then he said that I should head back to shore. I thanked him and swam back. When I got out of the water, I turned around to see if I could see him, and there was no one there. Why it never occurred to me to also ask him to swim back to shore, I will never know. This next one isn't paranormal. And maybe the one above it wasn't either, although seeing a ghost in the ocean sounds super creepy. But this next one in particular really creeped me out. So this happened somewhere in the Persian Gulf. Um, the man said, quote, We saw plenty of Gulf wildlife, bright purple jellyfish, sea snakes, etc. But one day I saw a bloated cow carcass just floating in the water. We're 100 miles from shore, so it probably didn't float out, but the possibility existed. Until we saw a second one then the third, then the fourth, and the fifth. At about 10 minute intervals, there were bloated cow carcasses forming a perfectly straight line that we followed for a pretty good while because we were also going in that direction. Had to have been two, three dozen of them. 
There were some goats and dogs in there too. Now, should water aliens exist, we know they would probably be obsessed with cows. Maybe this is where the disappearing cows from Skinwalker Ranch ended up. All jokes aside, apparently sometimes smuggling ships transferring livestock will drop them overboard in order to shed weight when passing through weigh stations at ports, which is super disturbing and sad. And if you don't know what I'm talking about with the aliens and cow carcasses and Skinwalker Ranch, check out episode one and two. There's a bunch of uh, alien cow action going on in those episodes. A group of Ukrainian deep sea divers in the Black Sea claimed they noticed a strange cube on the seafloor. It was covered in barnacles and other sea junk. And as the divers started to try to clean it off to get a better look at it, they heard this disembodied voice echo through the water. The voice said, don't do that. Don't do that. And as soon as they heard that voice, they noticed the underwater scene around them started to change. They described what sounded like ancient ruins, tall pillars, strange man-made looking structures. They also noticed odd humanoid beings who appeared to be around eight feet tall, wearing tight-fitting silver bodysuits. But they had no diving gear. The odd figures seemed to be examining the area with a disc-shaped object. The dive group began noticing pulsating green lights and the scene disappeared and they were able to make it up to the surface safely, just bewildered by what they had seen. During the 1980s, Navy divers at Lake Bacall, a body of water in Russia renowned for strange UFO sightings and other unexplained phenomenon, claimed to see human-like creatures. They said they saw them around a depth of about 165 feet, and they were described as 10 feet tall, wearing silver suits and round helmets. They chased after them, and they were going to try and catch them, because, yeah, that's not super crazy, but some unknown force pushed the divers upward at a dangerous rate. Three of the divers lost their lives, and several were injured by the rapid rate of acceleration. If you didn't know, ascending from that kind of depth, you cannot simply swim up to the surface willy-nilly. You need to ascend slowly and cautiously and at least take a three-minute safety stop in 15 feet of water. And coming from that depth of 165 feet, you're going to need to take more stops than that. You're going to want to gradually ascend and take, you know, small minute stops before you even reach that 15 feet marker. Not doing so can cause severe injury, a bad case of decompression sickness, also known as the bends, or potentially death. Again in the Black Sea in 1996, a man by the name of Bural Vikov was hunting sharks when he saw large humanoids who were about 9 feet tall. They swam up from the deep blackness below Vikov and had milky white skin, human-like faces, and frog-like eyes. He also claims they had webbed hands and a fish-like tail. So basically, this guy is saying he saw mermaids. Now, like I mentioned earlier, I said someone on TikTok asked if I was going to talk about mermaids, and I love mermaids, I want to be one. I want to believe in them a little bit, but I just kind of can't because I don't know, man, like in this realm of existence on this timeline, nothing that cool can exist. Like it would just be too awesome and nothing ever that awesome happens here. But that being said, not very many people go down there. More people have been to the far reaches of the wilderness and outer space than they have to the deepest parts of the ocean. So I'm not totally discounting these strange tales. Could be water aliens could be mermaids, could be a made-up story. So I also came across a lot of stories where people claim they will feel a sort of call-to-the-void feeling while out on deck late at night when they're alone, with only the dark water and starry night sky surrounding them. 
Like they've never felt suicidal or depressed or felt like ending it all or anything like that, but they feel unreasonably pulled to the ocean. They walk away from that sensation feeling very unsettled. Others report that their eyes start playing tricks on them, which makes a lot of sense. One man told the story of his great grandpa who was in the Navy. His grandpa said one night while on deck, he saw thousands of hands reaching out of the water. He thought it was just his mind playing tricks on him, but a few hours later while he was on shore, the ship was attacked and lots of sailors on the ship died. He didn't believe there was anything special about it, didn't believe in visions or anything like that, but others suspected he had seen a few hours into the future. In 1944, at the height of World War II, American forces struck down hundreds of Japanese planes and 60 Japanese ships at Truk Lagoon in Micronesia. In total, there w a s 3,000 casualties, and some say their spirits still haunt the waters of this tropical atoll. A popular scuba destination today, modern divers claim they hear the sounds of heavy machinery, the revving of engines, and the sound of like metal upon metal. They also hear what can also be described as human voices. They hear these voices calling out, some even sound like screams. Even more scary, they claim they can see human apparitions in the water. Some even see a torpedo shooting towards them, only for it to thankfully disappear before it hits them. I just can't even imagine with like all the other things that can possibly go wrong when you're scuba diving underwater and relying on basically technology and equipment to help you survive. Like to see ghosts and hear strange voices and to see a phantom torpedo flying at you. So, I'm gonna wrap things up here by telling you guys a little fantasy of mine. I've only ever told one person about this, I think, and she thought I was crazy, but here it goes. So, I'm a pretty social person, but I'm also very introverted. I absolutely love my alone time, and I often fantasize about being so far away from everyone and having the world all to myself, just for a little bit. So, I have this fantasy where I am on a boat by myself because, in this fantasy, I know how to sail a boat and am rich enough to have a boat. And I imagine being truly in the middle of nowhere, calm seas, just me, the stars, and the ocean, a warm night with a cool breeze. And I'm just laying on the deck, looking up at the billions of stars, and nothing else matters in the whole entire world. Open spaces as far as the eye can see, the world selfishly to myself. I wouldn't want to spend every day like that, but if I'm ever rich enough to learn how to sail and to have a boat, I want to experience that so bad because the ocean is freaking magical and this planet is so beautiful and I want to experience it like that so bad. As terrifying as the ocean may be, I believe it still represents the most beautiful and mysterious and free part of our planet. It will be not only sad, but extremely embarrassing if this planet dies simply because a few greedy people want to make billions instead of millions. There's a whole beautiful world down there. We, well, mostly they, are destroying. I think Ocean Gate reminded us that the ocean doesn't care if you're a billionaire, doesn't care how high tech you are, doesn't care how ambitious you are, or how smart you think you are. We are still at her whim. She's unpredictable. Also, orcas apparently hold murderous grudges, so don't go pissing any of those guys off. Who knows what is down there? Maybe we should leave the inky blackness of the ocean alone. Maybe we won't like what we find down there. But if you need more creepy ocean stories, stay tuned for Tuesday's episode where we're going to explore the Bermuda Triangle. So until then, thank you guys so much for listening. Let me know your theories on ghost ships or anything involving ocean mysteries. And watch out for them water aliens and sea monsters. So take care, y'all.
Thank you.